The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie, and we are bored being stuck in the house. Our thanks to Alan Fisher for last week's journey from 1974 all the way to the present day with a host of great stories and anodized tales. If you are interested in coming on the podcast over Skype or Zoom, then send us a DM on social media. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, the big SPFL vote, or lack of, and as a 14-team top league now the only way to progress. Plus, Big Elvis, Jockstein, on this day with the Arab Archive, and Gordon Aitchison as our guest this week as we look back at his love affair with a black and tangerine. It's all coming up on episode 42 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Andy McLaren. Welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox Podcast. It is just Paul's age. It's episode 42. How are you, sir? Very well, Ron. Yourself? Stuck in the house, like yourself. That is about a nightmare, is it? <laughs> it's all... It really is. You know what? The week was Peter Newt. We nothing happening until Friday and Saturday happened, and I'm glad yeah. we're here. <laughs> yes, yes, we've got some something to speak about at least. Our uh, guest this week is Gordon Aitchison. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, uh, taking time out of your clearly busy schedule on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so basically we are here. Uh, usually, uh, we would have just spoke about uh, Gordon's Tangerine Journey, how we got into that, and a few other bits and bobs, until it all kicked off in a royal fashion on Friday and Saturday, so we've got plenty to get through uh, for the next wee while on this episode. Uh, we'll start with yourself, uh, Gordon, a man of experience in years. <laughs> Do you remember your first United game? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, but, but, well, depends what you mean, the first game that I attended. So, so my football story actually started in Kirkcaldy. Um, I was born in Dundee, but um, moved at an early age down to Kinghorn in Fife. And I was right into playing football. Um, we just had the 78 World Cups. So I was 11 years old. 78 World Cup, obviously, Ali's Tartan Army. Things were going great for Scottish football. And then the World Cup happened and the whole thing just flattened. But you didn't have the same coverage. So so my football journey kind of started where I loved playing football and I used to go and watch Wraith Rovers with my friends, but I would never have called myself a Wraith Rovers fan, but I used to go along with the boys. Get a lift in from one of my mates' dads and we'd go to the game. Um, I'd also, my first ever match was actually Dundee St. Johnson at Dens, believe it or not, because my uncle was a Dundee fan. Um, but I, I'd just never taken to supporting a football club. And it was probably early 1979 um, and my grandfather, who was a massive joker, he lived in Fintry, and I, I think I must have been up there staying with them on holiday or something like that. And he'd said to me, do you want to go to the football? Or do you want to go watch the football? His wording was very, very clever. Do you want to go and watch the football? And I said, yeah, that would be great. So we jumped in the car, and I didn't know Dundee that well, but I do remember that, that we weren't going anywhere near either of the football grounds. And we ended up um, at the bottom of the law. And he made me walk to the top of the law uh, with a pair of binoculars, thankfully. And um, United were playing at home. The floodlights were on. And we watched or saw the, the, the game from the top of the law. <laughs> so I didn't see much. But there was something about that whole, um, the floodlights, the night and whatever. And we drove back past um, after the game was, was, was kind of finished up the Clippington Road. And you saw all these people coming out. And, that was, and I thought then, I, you know, I want to go to Tanadice. 
Um, and my first ever game was a friendly um, against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I think it was July 1979. Um, I hurt my foot and I was on crutches and um, my aunt had taken me to the game. So we sat in the Jerry Care and I had an autograph book. I was like a little twat who'd never been to a football match before. Um, so she handed my autograph book in and I've, I've got it sat in front of me just now. So I've got the, the full United squad, the full Tottenham Hotspur squad. And what a team Spurs put out that day. Glenn Hoddle was playing Aussie Abdelis, Ricky Villa. Um, United had Billy Kirkwood, Paul Stark. United won 3-2 and that was me. I was just absolutely hooked from, from that point on. Paul, is that Hamish's testimonial? Hamish. I thought it might have been Hamish's testimonial. Oh, that, that would have been early 80s. No, it wasn't Hamish's. I don't know whose testimony it was. It was 1979. It was John, because I'd I, I posted it. It was the Arab Archive came back to me because I remembered the score was 3-2 um, and I knew it wasn't Hamish's testimony because I think, did United get beat that game or it was only 1-0 or something Oh, no, like I found that, it. But, 7th of August, 1979. Yeah, and, um, and and that was me absolutely hooked. And then my grandfather started taking me whenever I was up in Dundee, um, he was. He, we used to work for Keeler, so he used to work beside Bob Valentine, and he used to get tickets for Bob Valentine. I remember sat in the um, before it was the the fair play stand. It was the little enclosure, and that's mm-hmm. where people of the um, blind people used to go. And there was a commentator, and it was the, the day we beat um, Motherwell five one in the Scottish Cup. And that's was that not the, the game that um, I think Jim McLean fined the players for not being entertaining. Yeah. And I just remember. The guy who was doing the commentary for the blind guys was pulling the piss out of them all the time. He was, oh, no, you know, by the way, I'm pushing for equaliser. And one of the boys was going, I thought it was 3-1. <laughs> and, you know, it was, and just as a kid, the whole environment was brilliant. And, and that was kind of my introduction then to Paradise. And then wherever I could, um, I would take a trip up um, from that very tender age. And then I used to, uh, I used to have a, most people had a milk round or a paper round. I, never, I had a roll round, believe it or not. I, Deliver rolls on a Monday, Wednesday, and a Friday. I was a paper boy. I was a paper boy at 13. Uh, it was horrendous. However, it did give me enough money, and my mum never used to know this. So, mum, if you do listen to this, I'm sorry. Um, from about the age of 13 or 14, I used to save up my money and just go to away games. And I remember jumping on the train in Kinghorn, going to uh, Easter Road, an away game at Easter Road, walking down the um, the alleyway behind Easter Road and getting dogs abused from all these boys, because I was just a kid on my own. Um, and thankfully that game, um, it had finished 1-1 and there was a couple of lads who'd obviously seen me hanging about at Tandice or whatever before and they'd called me into this squad and that was it. I then had a squad of boys to go to games with and um, from there on, yeah, went through till sort of mid to early 20s um, and then kind of fell away from it. Um, just, you know, met my current, my current wife, my oh, only wife. <laughs> oh, that was controversial, eh? <laughs> Oh. I'm Easter um, love, love of my life. <laughs> met, my, met my wife. Um, I, I kind of paired back my, my, my playing at, at that point as well. And um, so just didn't attend games as, as much. And then kind of, I went to sort of big, big games, of cup finals and sort of thing, which is really poor. But probably about six, seven years ago, I think, Ronnie, you, know, you and I caught up. I started doing some match day reporting for United. And um, yeah, I'm now there. Most home games, um, try to get the away games um, you know, whenever I can. But um, yeah, absolutely back in love with the game. This season's just been fantastic from a, um, where we've been for the last four years. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of these things where I think if you're, 
you always follow the scores. You always look for, look for the teams, whether you're going to the games or not. Um, but now I'm fortunate enough in a position that I can I can get almost every game. The thing you mentioned that uh, the game against Spurs, I've just uh, got the lineup up for you. So 1979, Andy Graham, Ray Stewart, Frank Capel, Ian Phillip, Derek Stark, Dave Neary, Derek Addison, Paul Sturrock, Billy Kirkwood, Willie Pettigrew, and Graham Payne. Davey Neary got a double that day. Oof. <laughs> I know. Willie Pettigrew scored as well. And like uh, you said, Gordon, you know, Ricky Villa was playing, Ozzy Ardiles was playing, Glenn Hoddle was playing. Not bad. I've got here Steve Perryman, um, yep. Don McAllister, Colin Lee, Tony Galvin. Um, yeah, a fair few names on there. Not a bad first game to go, I suppose. Yes, uh, yes. Heroes. Oh, it's Sturrock. It's got to be Sturrock. I used to play up front when I played football. Um, so Sturrock, his movement, his finishing um, was just out of this world. Um, modern day heroes, Craig Brewster for the goal in 94. He's got to be in there. I think Goody and Conway for their goals in the, in the, in the cup final. Um, I've got an unsung one as well. So, so part, I'm very, very fortunate. In 2010, um, I... I was playing in a five-a-side competition against a Dundee and Dundee United Select, which included Mr. Bowman. And um, through a friend of a friend, he'd asked if they were, I think, running short. He used to do this, and I don't know if he still does, um, a charity match. And he'd asked if um, we would be interested in coming along and helping out to make up the numbers. Of course, you know, being an Arab, chance to play on t- at, at Tanadice or whatever. So, yeah, took it up. And one of the nicest guys that I met through that whole process was Mark Perry. Um, just there was a few guys who you would sit there and go, "Nah, you, you know, you you come across the way you do in the media." Um, a few really, really nice guys, but but the one that really stuck out for me was Mark Perry. And, and you know, I think he was kind of an unsung um, hero. It was almost like watching the game last night and at the '79 game. I know we're going to come on and talk about. You know, Jamie Dolan didn't spend much time at United, but he was another. I thought he was a fantastic. Player for United mm-hmm. when he was playing for us. Yep. Um, so yeah, and then um, I think um, you know I've, I've you've got a love affair with Tony Andrew. I I used to really like Nick Van der Velden, um, which we did be. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> um, next year, next no, Paul's going mean... Paul's going to whip out email Ling here as his favourite now. Watch. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> So, yeah, and, but I wouldn't say that. I think I look at football, since I started reporting, I kind of look at it slightly differently. So as a, as a, as a football, I don't probably have any heroes at the moment. I think Shankland's done fantastically well, but I always thought he would. Um, I'm delighted for boys like Andy Robertson who have come through the, the ranks um, and gone on to bigger and better things. But there's also been a few that have passed through. When, when you look at some of that team from this, this, the 79 game, yeah, I mean, the goal scorer, McSwigan, he was never somebody that I particularly took to in a United shirt. Um, and it is funny. It's funny, you know, when you look at individual players, um, there are certain ones who stick out and there's other ones who, who you guys might think, oh, I used to really love watching him, but that never really did it for me. Yeah, and that, that that's the thing. I mean, it's it's all kind of opinion. What, what I've found is because these games have been coming up, you know, the older games, you watch them so different, you know, as you did obviously then, because then you're so engrossed in it. And you go back and you actually, I think someone mentioned it and it, it was coincidental that the photo someone put up of uh, Stephen Presley yesterday, they were brilliant in that game. But probably mm-hmm. at the time, it was like, this is the Celtic we're playing. You know, it's like, hope they're not pumped here. And it was just, I mean, you saw it. I mean, it was in euphoria when that goal went in. 
Yeah. But it was like it was a really good Celtic side as well. When you know Van uh-huh. Donk, Cadetti, and, and you know the Canio. they were a really yeah they were a really potent side. So to, so to take a scalp of Celtic for us at that time was just fantastic. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that and that's the thing you you do look at that because that was Pedersen marked the Canio at the game that day. Yeah, absolutely marked him at the game. See, there's an unsung, he's a guy who wouldn't spring to mind, but Pedersen, yeah, as a hero when you watched him play, Christian Calvanis as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of players like that that are quite unsung, you know. But they'll they'll get they'll maybe Pearson. I think you would argue would probably appear in some people's, you know, all time age, eighteen yeah, years. But then you get the unsung ones that you just didn't think of, like a, a Lars Zetterland was such a good player, but was yeah. You'll pick other midfielders before him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's a bad player or whatever, but. Was a good team. You look know, at the team: Stuart Kerr, Alan Stubbs, Tosh McKinley, Jackie McNamara, Malky Mackay, Phil O'Donnell, uh, Decanio McStay, Van Hoydonk, uh, Cadetti, David Hanna played that mm-hmm. day as well. Yes. Um, Him and Mark and Ali were going at it during <laughs> that game. <laughs> good few times. United that day it was Dykstra, Perry, Pedersen, Malpass, Presley, Dolan, uh, Mark and Ali, Zetterlund, McLaren, Winters, Olofsson. Uh, the bench, it was only three subs then. Uh, David Sinclair, Dave Bowman and Gary McSwiggan were the uh, subs. Uh, McSwiggan was only on a part of five minutes. So that's all he needed. Oh, oh, oh. And it was some finish. You, you've got, I mean, he, yeah. the finish was just sublime. It was brilliant. Yeah. There yeah, are, um, if you didn't see it, it is on the United YouTube page, the whole game. And there are uh, highlights on the Arab Archive website if you want to. Check a load of them, but it was a good game. I've quite liked that they've uh, been doing them. There are, there's other games. I would like to see us, we've said it a few times, Paul, the away performance at Motherwell uh, yeah, the four under Jackie. I would like that to kind of watch that again because I remember being there and we were phenomenal that day. Absolutely mm. brilliant that day. Um, and there's a lot of games. I'm I'm glad they don't <laughs> look to show you. I'm still waiting on uh, the SPFL or William Hill putting up the St. Johnston Cup final, unless I've missed that, but... I'm still waiting on that shit show to appear. Mm. I'm sure that's been on the St. Johnson channel. <sighs> sure it has. We'll just we'll just consign it to that channel <laughs> then. We'll we'll not go on about it. Well, what did you make a what did you make a Presley back in the day then when he was at United? Because like l- looking back now, most people think he's a bit of a prick. But when he was at United he was alright. But I always thought that playing alongside Malpass was what brought him on. Similar to I, when Webster and Kenneth, like Gary Kenneth, he was an alright player. When you put him beside Webster, it kind of elevated him a wee bit. And I always feel like Presley was very similar with Malpass beside him. I remember going to a game at Partick Thistle away on a cold Tuesday night. I can't remember. And it was definitely quiet. You know, There wasn't a huge home support or away support. And you heard everything that the players were saying. And just to your point... Malpaz talked him absolutely through that game. He would tell him when to go, when to stay, when to tackle, who to mark. And I think you're right. I think Malpaz made him a better player mm-hmm. um, at that, that time. Um, obviously, he went on to, to to play for other clubs, but I just think he would he would never appear in as the, the, one of the even top ten centre halves to play for United. Um, in, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And as in coming across as a prick, I just think he sounds a bit dim. <laughs> yeah, there's that. It was also when he left Tannadice, uh My memory of it is that he he intended he told the club he wasn't going to sign a new contract, and his intention was to go to Europe. And I'm, for some reason, I've got Stuttgart in my mind, 
And uh, United were like, well, that's fair enough, obviously. If you're going to go there, we can't compete with that. And then he rocks up at Tynecastle about three days later. And that just pissed a lot of people off. Myself included, as you could probably tell. I've not really got past it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably quite true. Um, it was Levine that signed him, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. That's a lie. Jim Jeffrey signed him and he was club captain under Craig Levine at Hearts. Um, yeah. Uh, Who did we bought him alongside somebody? Sandy Robertson. Sandy Robertson. Quarter a million he costs, Sandy Robertson. I mean, this is the thing, right? And we've mentioned loads of times about money and whatever, right? £750,000 is what we paid for him from Coventry. Is that our record? Yeah, yeah, he'll never be beaten. Never be beaten. I mean, there's no one a month of Sundays. Will that be oh, beaten? Yeah, I mean, you, you, nah. you often go to the casino with the Ogrens. So, you know, <laughs> if they win big, Shh. if they win big. Shh. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Shh. But yeah, that that was, um, again, you're looking back. And I th- I, th- I certainly think the season we got promoted, he played very well. I think he done yeah. he, he done really well. And, um, you know, you've got to think, you know, was that we, uh, it was 95 that we, uh, we signed him. And he, he seven hundred fifty grand, as like I say, and I think he played his part quite influential at the time. But yes, you, you have to give credit to people like Amal Pass just being beside oh, him because he certainly played. Definitely. I mean, he played alongside Mark Perry for a, quite a few times. I think that. Yeah, he was he was basically main... never present. He must have. What was he there? Three seasons. He must have played about one hundred and twenty games. Uh, I'm just a hundred hundred games and um, six goals. Yeah, including right. the double. Have you seen his double? Two headers he gets against uh, Rangers. Uh, Rangers. Is it Rangers? Oh, no. He scores uh, two in a game. Plus. Never seen him Aberdeen. do that. Yes. We beat them 4 nothing on New Year or something like that. But, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 for me, I mean, I was, I was just a young lad back then. But I, I thought he was always a... I think when you come with that kind of transfer fee, you've got to do something. And I think yeah. after three seasons, yeah, you might not be in the top 10 ever when you've got boys like... You know uh, the, the the legends, you know, and and stuff. I think he done his part. Seven hundred fifty grand, though. Come on, for a for a first division team. Yeah, yeah. Was not even a Premier team at the time. That's mental. Yeah, which is it, it, it's crazy. And then yeah, I mean, like you say, he went on to uh, Art Celtic and whatever else. And, um, I mean, we were linked to him quite a few times. So wasn't as a manager and. Oof, yeah. We dodged a bullet. Yeah, there. that's a bullet dodged. Yeah, yeah. He speaks like a robot, so he's not gonna, <laughs> he's not gonna inspire the players. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, it'd be an interesting team to talk that. But yeah, so it was at DUFC Picks who posted the picture, um, and I think they're the same people that also posted pictures the other day of uh, Roger Bowley, mm-hmm. who was not I'm robbed. Queried it. Oh, oh, he was robbed a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wee bit. Uh, you know, I'd love to say I share that, but I, I don't. You know, there's there's no way. Um, but they've been posting pics, the same as the the one we mentioned last week. They were doing um, uh, f- goals and stuff as well. It's DUFC pics on Instagram, by the way, not Twitter. So uh, you can get a wee fix on there, and uh, there's some 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 crackers as well. What I have liked that some people have been doing on social media is if they've been tagged in this. Uh, put up five players that made you fall in love with a game mm-hmm. and uh, you could tell you could probably work out a lot of people's ages just by even if you didn't know them just with the players yeah. that they picked right so I got tagged in this yesterday I think it was right and I was trying to rack my brain but no spend too much time on it you want to know my five players that I picked go for it right I'll start with the United players 
Craig Brewster mm-hmm. and Andy McLaren, because that was kind of my age, around about 94, right? I had Zenadine yeah. Zidane, because he's just class. I had Ronaldo, the original. Yes. Right? And my fifth choice, and pronunciation's not always my thing. Here we go. Andrew. A- Andrew, Ronnie. Andrew. <laughs> no, no. No, it wasn't a big, beautiful Tony. I was a, <laughs> I was a mature adult by then. It was... Jorge uh, Campos, the Mexico goalkeeper. Yeah. They had oh, the colourful yeah. kits, but in 94. Yes. So they were and he was about five foot two. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was. He was not a very big man. So um, yeah, that was the five that I picked. And uh, it's been quite cool to see that. And uh, a lot of Goodwill A, a lot of uh, Conway. Um, I'm sure uh, Jonas had Margaro Gomez in his. I saw his the other day. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's just some of these daft wee things. You know, these are the daft things we're doing. Uh, because we're in this, you know, whole lockdown thing. Talking of daft things, let's talk about Friday. The boat. Oh, well. <laughs> fucking well. What a week. It comes out during the week. Right, right, lads. Here's what's going to happen, right? We're going to send you a voting slip. You vote yes or you vote no. Here's here's the split that we need. No bother. You can get it in before five o'clock on Friday. That'd be cool. Friday comes. And... Paul, I think you were extremely confident, and didn't you say by the end of today you felt like we'd be in the Premier Ship? Yeah, yeah. Fine, confidence is cool. We've been awfully confident on this. I mean, you had us getting the trophy on Boxing Day. It was that confident this year. Yeah. So then, gets to five o'clock. Tell us more. <laughs> well, it was... The social media meltdown was amazing. The so- yeah, the social media meltdown was, but there was loads of speculation in the interim period because it was basically people were thinking it was Inverness that hadn't voted in our league because the- in the other leagues that kind of all they got all the votes that they needed to pass the the resolution, uh, and everybody assumed that it was Inverness that were swithering. And then obviously fast forward a couple of hours, and it turns out it was were were nearest and dearest neighbours up the road that had uh, that hadn't voted. So. That led to mere speculation, uh, and it wasn't until yesterday when I was listening to Sports Inc. on the radio, along with a lot of the listeners to this, and it was just mind-blowing what, what's actually transpired. Like Dundee, the, apparently the, the teams from the championship were in a group chat on WhatsApp, so that itself is quite funny to me. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> yes. I find that quite amusing. Uh, we don't know what teams were in it, other than Dundee, Partick, and Inverness, and Obviously, their teams are the three teams that had voted or had planned on voting no. So Partick voted no, and this, this, whoever's on that account took a picture of it, sent it to the group chat, said that's us who are votes in. Inverness then done the same, and then Dundee done the same, around about 10 to 5 or something on Friday. After that, that's where the, like, the mystery begins, because the SPFL claimed that they, they never received a vote from Dundee. And then there was an email that went from Dundee to the SPFL after five o'clock. I think it was round about six o'clock, basically saying, "Do not count our vote." The SPFL. I mean, I'm not sure what's happened. Uh, again, like there's conspiracy theories <laughs> abound here. Like uh, Peter Lob- Peter Lobel's getting dragged into it. They're saying that he was he was in John Nelm's ears. Uh, Obviously, the league themselves—they've then—they've released the the way that the votes turned out before any of this information's come out. Now, people have jumped on them and said, "Well, why would you do that?" And at first, I was thinking the same, but 
like possibly to look at it from their point of view, they've maybe thought Dundee not getting a vote in by five o'clock was an abstention from them. So that was then that that they were counting that as officially that's it, it's done, and you've not got your eight votes that you need in the championship. But the whole thing just it reeks of dodginess. It really does. And uh, somebody somewhere is at the capers here. Because even if Dundee had, like they said, they submitted their no vote, uh, if somebody from the league had just went back and queried it, said, boys, that's five past five, you boys haven't voted yet. All right, we sent it. All right, we'll just send it again. But something, something's happened somewhere along the line. Somebody's been in somebody's ear. And, uh, and then yesterday on that Sports Sound show, towards the end of it, Rangers then released a statement. Sorry, the Rangers then released a statement. And uh, they're basically calling for Doncaster to, to get his books because they're, they believe they've got information that basically makes him look like he's at the capers as well. So it's an absolute shambles. Personally, I, I can... I, the way that the reconstruction, or it's know that there's any reconstruction, but the way I think it could have went is they shouldn't have relegated anybody because... Okay, Hearts have been absolutely keek all season. So if, if you're going to relegate somebody, then they are where they are because they've been the worst team in that league. But to come out of this bizarre situation that we're all in, I don't think anybody should be worse off. And that goes for Hearts, that goes for Partick, uh, that goes for, I think it's Stranraer that were the team in the bottom of the League One. Just restructure the leagues. Like, and I know I'm making that sound like it's a doddle to happen. It's clearly no, and we might get onto that. But uh, if you were just to put two teams up, and then obviously you didn't relegate Hearts, and you've got your 14-team league, then bring four teams up or whatever, however many for the league below, and then just keep doing that. Just stack the leagues that way. But uh, you're obviously going to get people with grievances, and none more so than Partick Thistle. Like, it's... <laughs> I think people are quite happy about it because it's Ian McCall. And there's no a lot of love for Ian McCall, for United fans, certainly. But how you can relegate a team with a game in hand and they're only two points behind the team one place above them, that that's not fair. Like, you'll never convince me that's fair. And the reason they've got the game in hand is because they were in another SPFL tournament that day. They were playing in the, I think it was the Biscuit Cup or something. Uh, so that itself isn't a, that's not right. You kind of, in my opinion, you can't be relegating that team. But Christ knows what's going to happen. I mean, we're sitting here and you, you guys are shaking your head. Ronnie, you're stifling laughter there. Uh, it's just, uh, who knows what's going to happen now? I just think it's, like you say, when it was all kicking off on Friday, I think we all thought it was Inverness. And then it was the things like, how how the hell they were able to publish like voting slips and stuff like that yeah. so early. And I found I did find it bizarre that the SPFL then posted the the results. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like that that just really really baffled me. And what's the ways you can look at it, right? Some people think that some people will think Dundee have played a blinder here because they've now got mm-hmm. all the cards. I'm not sure. Like the SPFL should just be going. I don't think so. Because yes, it was. Please, can you get them back by five o'clock? Right. But thirty nine clubs out of forty have done that. Like, they've followed hmm. whatever it is, probably 42, is it 41 out of 42? Yeah. And then yeah. they've just went, someone's obviously, they've fucking no sent it, let's be honest. Somebody said, they reckon they've converted it to PDF. What, so that's broke, that's not got through the firewall, the SPFL. <laughs> Piss off, man. Piss off. So, you know, it's obviously, the the fate of Scottish football is in safe hands, you know, Dundee have got it. No, it's just, 
an absolute shit show at the best of times. I'm not sure where it stands because depending who you speak to, depending what fan or how much of a non-nonsical Dundee fan they are, they know their club is struggling and could very much do with the tangerine pound four times a season, right? And I will miss the derbies. I will, because they've been quite good. But we are where we are because we belong to be there, right? So either way, I think United will go up. This whole award, you know, award, award, award the title, but nobody gets promoted. Behave yourself. But I do see your point, Paul, about relegation, because that's mm. a ball here. You know, that is we are measuring ball here for yes. Partick because they were in another. But then cup. It's, it's Hearts, and I get what you're saying about Hearts being absolutely key all season. But but the Hearts argument to me is that they're then about to roll into five games against the boys around them and yeah. conceivably can win yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think um, and I'm, I'm pulling a mystic Meg out here because Ronnie texted me on, on Friday afternoon I actually came off all forms of social media when COVID-19 broke out because I was just sick to death of the shit that was flying around uh, on there so I came off so I missed all of this and I got a text from Ronnie and my response and I will read it verbatim got it in front of me is I bet it was Dundee that abstained Partick as they can get relegated say no Inverness conceivably can catch us being United, so say no. Dundee won't want to play a part in promoting United, but also don't want to come across as being the insert word. Um, they are, so they abstain. And and I I just saw that a mile off. I, the the way that they've they've reacted here, and now you're right. John Nelms thinks he's got all the cards. The problem is for me in that league, they are the boys who are desperate for money, and if this is about releasing the funds. I can't understand why simply to stop United getting promoted, do they believe, or is it because, is it, are they thinking about the 40 league reconstruction? Because who do you put up? Is it Inverness or is it Dundee or is it Ayr? You know, how do you work out, out that position if you go to a 40 league team? Is it simply Inverness because of their, their league position? But I just think the whole thing's an absolute shit show. But why give 28 days in the contract and then say, but can we have an answer in 48 hours, please? Mm. Just yeah. don't get it. And then all Just these, let's say, and then all these WhatsApp group appears, you know, which, like you said, it just it just reeks a dodginess, man. Like yeah. I know that um, that you might be able to correct me on this, Paul. I th- did something come out yesterday about the air, air chairman. That the air the air chairman. I think he. I'm pretty sure he confirmed he's no part of any WhatsApp. Yes, but it was it was and, kind uh, of led to believe he was included. But he was like, no, I've only spoke to my manager. I think was the only yeah. person he'd said, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, the the guy from Inverness as well, Scott Gardner, uh, he's come out and he's basically said, "Oh, we're voting no because you know it's it's not fair on Partick. This all that people would be made redundant on Monday, and like, yeah, that's that's fair enough. But I, I can't speak for anybody else. I don't believe a word that he says. He's voting, or they're voting the way they're voting because of their situation. If they were in United's position." And United were second in the league. I would it wouldn't have surprised me if the votes were the other way about. They're voting yes, and we would vote no. Then I try and serve me up a big pile of shite saying you're voting because you know, because of this nonsense, yeah. absolute nonsense. Everybody, I mean, that's that in a way is the bigger issue. I personally think that the league should have decided because if you put the decision in the hands of the clubs, everybody's going to look out for themselves, and you, I kind of blame people for doing that. I cannot blame people for doing that. The only the only thing I blame them a wee bit of, like Dundee, 
if what's been reported is true, where they're all for promotion, uh, they're all for sort of United. All ah, right, okay, United have won the league because we're probably not going to play any more games. But uh, oh no, we didn't want them going up. Well, I'm sorry, boys, you can't have your cake and eat it like that. That's not how it works. That's, that's simply not how it works. But, but sorry, I'm, I'm just reading here about that that whole thing, trying to play catch up a little bit. And I can't believe you're, you're right about the text message. Somebody said, "Oh yeah, we we signed and sent a photo into the WhatsApp group." Who used to say it wasn't a photocopy? Who right. used to say that all along Dundee were you know, just seeing if they had the support because they didn't want to come across as being the ones who did have that casting vote. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's strange. It's just a real... It, it, it's a real shit show the way it's been done. I mean, I think the way you, the way it kind of might look from the, outset, uh, from the outside is that Dundee think, well, we don't vote, and then basically we can then push for reconstruction. And they'll not be pushing for a 14-team league. They'll be pushing for a 16-team league. No, but Ron, even if they are pushing for a 14-team league, in my opinion, I think that they would think it makes it easier for them next season because we're not there. Hearts didn't come down. Yes. Yeah. They, they okay. should theoretically be the biggest team in that league next year. Okay, Partick can't be as bad again. You'd probably have Wraith and Falkirk Dunfermline, but Dundee, on paper, should be the biggest team in that league next year. If... If it went to the fourteen team, so there's there's possibly a couple of reasons why why they're doing what they're doing. But mm. as long as they they've gone to ground and and say nothing, then we'll we'll never know. From the uh, from everything that happened on the Friday, you mentioned there sports sound on Saturday. What else did you take out of that? Which I am led to believe, going by social media and everything else, it was a hell of a listen. Just at Dundee or at the Capers. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the main thing to yeah. with you. you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, but was it was it kicking off? Was there was there good opinion? Was there people MDLs putting anything else forward, or was it just what has happened to the shit show of a SPFL member clubs? Well, Mike, Michael Stewart was of the opinion that instead of the vote being railroaded through, where to get the money you've got to vote for final league placing, he was very much of the opinion that. You should just vote to give the teams the money just now, even if it's like the the minimum amount that they would have earned, rather than trying to railroad this. Because in a way, like us three sitting here today, we've got no idea when we are next going to get to to see a game of football. You know, yeah, but I thought that, that was the, the point he made was really clear about that. He was that, that do do Scottish football truly believe that Sky are pushing for an August kickoff? Is this all about the August kickoff? Yeah. to get the money going for that. He says, because nobody at this point in time can see when we're going to start playing football again. No. So you're right. It's about, should we be paying out the money just now to these clubs? And even if it's caveated that, that we'll give you it based on your current league position, you need to pay us back if there's you know if there's any need to change or that sort of thing. That's what the vote should have been about. Yeah. You know, This is about keeping people in jobs and, and, and keeping things going. It's an unprecedented situation that we're in. And... Um, I just, I find that the whole situation is so bizarre that everybody's desperate to end the season. I would rather play till the end of the season. When when we get back into football, play till the end of the season. What is what you know becomes of that becomes of that, and then you reconstruct the league for next season. Now it might only be that teams in the championship play each other three times or twice, you know, whatever, and we get to that arrangement that it's this season is finished as in how it was set out to be played and next season you kick off with a new set of rules um, and obviously something written in to say if there's another uh, pandemic then this is what we will do in place and therefore every club knows the situation as and when that happens. 
Mm-hmm. And I certainly think there's there's kind of no chance of it now being null and void, given they are trying to push to get this finished one way or another. I think that is yeah. the right thing yeah. to do. And you, you look at, I mean, I've been a, I've always, I think it's because down south and you look at the bigger leaks, you know, and everything that can happen. Yeah, some leaks have big gaps, but I've, I think, you know, 14, 16 team leagues are the way it should be. You know, the worry there is if it goes to 16, right? And based on the current there, you've got Air United would be the fourth team, right? Imagine Air going to, going to Parkhead twice a season and getting about six or seven. That's the shitey thing of it. You know, it can really break up the league. But I just think across the rest of the league, it would be more competitive, you know? Yeah. If if, if you take the championship as it currently stands, one of the things that that they could actually do, and and to your point, Paul, about teams having games in hand, Arbroath actually have two games in hand over Air, uh, sorry, a game in hand over Air and Dundee. If United have played 28, Aloha have played 28, Dunfermline have played 28. So if they said, right, everybody has to play 28 games, that means United are done and dusted, United get promoted. But then you've got, so Inverness and whoever, they've still got one game to play. Arbroath have two games to play. And at the end of it, you've got that points per game ratio against the same number of games. Mm -hmm. So even if you play these behind closed doors, once movement's allowed, to get everybody in the same position, that then becomes a much fairer way to do this. I mean, you see when they announced the vote, there was no way it was going to go smooth. I didn't think it would get passed, and I didn't think it would be so close to being passed, by the way. The fact Mm -hmm. that the... The Premier League, the Premiership went to like 11 to 1, I think it was. And then the other, I mean, I think the lower leagues were always, the majority were going to vote for it because they're desperate for cash, you know what I mean? We could lose these the, clubs. The Premier was 10 to 10 to, sorry. Rangers and Hearts. Of course. Vote against it. Well, which again, for Hearts' point of view, you can see it. Rangers' yeah. point of view, the Rangers' point of view, if that's, you can see that because new chairman no, comes yeah, in, they kind of be shown at eye, no bother. No. But the rest, meh. Doesn't matter, yeah. But for it to come down, and it just showed you what the championship's like to come down to. Wait a minute, somebody's no vote. Bets them a couple bets. Can Inverness? <sighs> bloody, oh no! And then all this comes out, and it was like, like it took Friday. Honestly, I was batting forward. I was texting. I was sending things on. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And then when some of the articles were getting published, and when the picture come out of all the voting slips, it's like, how how is this even allowed? How is this even out in the public knowledge? Guess yeah. what? Because people in these WhatsApp groups are just sharing leaking stuff, you know. Because yep. and I think there's a point. There's some shite going on because I think Peter Lawwell for Celtic's been pulled into something as well. Yeah, what's going on there? Like it's, I mean, it's 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 always going to be dodgy, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I've never been a big fan of the the S, the SPFL and the board that run it, and because they can never make a decision. And I said no, this it's a lack I, of leadership. Yeah, a lack of leadership. I said this to Paul earlier. Before they started, somebody has to have a pair of balls, right? Make a decision. Guess what? You could be a fucking hero for, for no saving, but being a changing, being dynamic about what is the current situation. You know, because we've got a boring league. Our league is boring. Our leagues are boring. The championship's been great, right? Because we kind of beat Allo away, right? And that's just our thing, right? <laughs> that's easy for people to bet. But the championship's been an exciting league, right? Premiership, it's boring. You know, because it's so small, I think, and you know we've sick fed up, and the split, and does the split does it work? I'm not sure. That, that doesn't put me up or down. You know, I just think a wee bit more teams, fourteen teams or sixteen teams, should make it more exciting. You know, for me, now that's just a personal opinion. But I think I think fans, if, if fans were given a vote, they would probably vote for bigger leagues. But mm. it's the 
obviously we didn't get a vote no. as the chairman and, yeah. and and that when we were touching on like reconstruction in the 14 team top league like uh, again and myself and Ron were speaking about this before we had record today and to get that uh, passed if somebody was to actually suggest that this is what we want and to get it seconded the, the vote needs to be 11-1 I'm led to believe of the premiership teams but they'd, they'd basically be voting to get less prize money yeah, it would dilute that unless a bigger sponsor comes in or somebody puts in bigger money. Or yeah, which is probably not going to happen because Mr. Doncaster, who is currently on a sugarly peg anyway, uh, after the Rangers statement, he's not the best at getting all these sponsors in. And how do you think that would work a 14 team? So then you've got 13 home games, 13 away games. That's only 26 games. So do you ramp up League Cups or do you have a, a British Cup? Do you play each other three times? Well, I certainly think there's, the, the, there's questions need to be asked there, but I think we're all in a. I think we all agree that we play too many of this. We play the same opponents too many times. Yes. I think we all know that. You know, I'm not shouting for a, a twenty team premier premiership. It would be pretty nice. It'd be hellish competitive. Yeah, there would be a lot of nothing games in that. Correct. Though. A lot of nothing Correct. games. So, do you then go to sixteen plates team twice, thirty two games, and then the cups? The cups, I think, can mean they can mean more. I think Premier and the Premiership as it is just now. I'm just calling up the table, right? So you look at your teams like Celtic and Rangers are up there, right? Aberdeen will always stay above there, the top three, for example. Hibs and Hearts have totally underperformed. But you look at teams like Hamilton; it's all about survival every year. You know, yep. the cup doesn't even matter to them. Whereas for us at Dundee United, we want to be in the top six. We want to be mm-hmm. in the top four, top three, pushing it and win a cup. You know, because that's what. But for some clubs, it's just survival for the money. If a team like Hamilton goes down, what happens? The the language that you're using there, though, no, top six was nothing before this league reconstruction. Correct. You know, I mean, but but people now pin their hope. It's like the top four in England because that's Champions League places. And it's if you've got, I I don't know what what would be the optimum number. Let's say it's a sixteen-team league. What's that going to be? Fifteen, thirty games. Thirty games. With the coefficient that Rangers and Celtic, because let's face it, in Europe they've been very, very good, but the coefficient, we're, the, the chances are in 2021, do we get an extra two European places? Or is it one? So you've then got more competition for, for or you've got more European places for there to be competition for. Um, and then I think if you're reconstructed, that's when you go to a proper, is it one down, two up, or, or sorry, one down, and then there's a playoff for the last two, play, whatever that looks like. I think I think you still could have a competitive league. I, I do understand what you're saying, Paul, about there being games in the in the middle or towards the end of the season for the teams in the middle who are playing for nothing. But if you've got decent prize money, that's that's the lure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sorry to do that, but I just think that this is the opportunity. And, and another thing about if they if they don't finish the season, that I have no issues with them kickstarting this part or the, the tail end of this season in September, play for a couple of months, get to a resolution. And then why not summer football? You kick off the 2021 season in February. You know, it's. I think this is a really good opportunity for Scottish football to sit down and involve fans groups and understand what is it that you're looking for. Because, Ronnie, you know, the number of times we sit up in the coldest bloody part of Tanadice. Yes. And um, there's, even on the warmest days, yeah. we, we are, it's freezing cold sometimes. And and you sit there, and there was a game I can remember. We, we you had your shorts on, and you sit there going summer football. And it was probably July, and you're going, "Why are we not playing more football at this time of year?" That's right, people that are listening. Mm. I had the legs out that day. The legs were out. 
horrendous. <laughs> but well, the, what, the big problem with, with all these plans, like, and I'm not saying that I've got a problem with any of these plans, but the big problem with that is that we've just signed a TV deal. I think it's a four-year deal with Sky, yep. and you, yep. have, you have to have four old firm games. Fucking bullshit. You have to have it. It's in the contract. Is that what it is? Is right. Yeah. Okay. It's... Yeah. So that I mean, can, we, can they not just play two friendlies? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've jokingly said that as well. Yeah, play one pre-season and then one at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to let their fans say they're wee jollies. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think you know stuff like the you know if it goes to summer football, which is something I've always said would be pretty cool. Um, I would always miss, and I, you know what, I've missed it since being in the shite league, the Boxing Day game, the New Year's Day game. Love day yeah. games. Love day games. You know, and they've been a miss being in the shit, the shit show. You know, of of not getting it. Like the derby at Dens was what the twenty set or the the one at Tannadice. Sorry, it was what the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Shit. You know, it's no Boxing Day, no, no mm-hmm. New Year's Day and stuff like that. But I, I'm certainly. I mean, I I'm not against a bigger league. I'm, I'm definitely not. You know, I'm 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 all for getting out of this fucking league one way or another. Um, <laughs> whatever way we get it. But is I, it you that phoned John Nelms and tell him to hud back his vote then? You bribing him? Stop it. Don't I do it. We want to speak about it first. <laughs> um, I would, my preference is to play the season out, you know, if that's the way it is. But you know what? Yeah. If they were going to stop it, award it, and yeah, it's a bit bittersweet. You know, after four years, you didn't get that day in the, the sun because it would be near May um, of lifting the trophy and all this. I, I could take that after the four years we've had. I really could. I could. It'd be shite, even for a, uh, an announcer's point of view, it would be shite to miss out, but I would take it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's a weird one, because I'd like to play it out, and I'd, I'd just, I'd, I'd like it to be done, but... Yeah, I think everybody would, like, even all the clubs. But what's happened over the weekend, it's just been... It, I mean, it's just been unreal. Like, this it's is just farcical. Yeah, It's you know? farcical. Uh, I don't know if, like, you were saying that it would be in May time. I don't think it would be May. I think the government have basically said you you kind of get back together. No, I, I was just saying in general, like, if the way the season should have panned out, you know, it would have yeah. made yeah. the May, the air game in May, getting the trophy, it would have been great. But, yeah, for, for it been amazing. that, yeah, I mean, you are now looking at, you know, June, just to get back at the training, so you're looking at essentially July. a mini pre-season. I know yeah. players are looking after themselves. I mean, with social media now, they're all training, doing this. But if they'll be fit, but they won't be football fit. They won't be match. No, fit, nothing like it. You know, nothing like it. But um, to to I mean, Ian Harks is doing TikTok dances. Now he's keeping fit. That's fine. He's you know? keeping me fit watching them. You know, certain parts of you, yes. Uh, <laughs> My eyes. You're you're then going to have to go into a mini preseason. So you're looking at what July to then what closed door, like you say, uh, Gordon. You could do a couple of games just to get everyone playing the same, or if we have to play it out. Are you playing twice a week? You get through to yeah. August, a couple of week break, and then you're back in. Let's. I mean, we're not even going to get into the whole signings and everything. I think there will be a rule that players out of contract can be extended to another month, or it can be automatically applied because you kind of join MD, you kind of play for a new team until it's a new season anyway. So it would. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, but. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so much that we still don't know. Even and even if football does come back. Uh, in August or September or something, but fans aren't allowed in until January or something. Mm. That's that again. That's not really the best situation. Like for for us, like we're punters that love going to see our team. I'm not. It's, it's just. I'm not putting you on the spot, Paul. Or I'm just looking for an opinion as a season dick holder. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you feel? Like given that you spent your money to go and see your team, you're not getting to do it. You yeah. know how, how how do you feel? I mean, obviously it's in the air. It's hypothetical at the minute, but yeah. You know, if the season well, was I, just to end, 
Well, you wouldn't the care because we've got a trophy. <laughs> no, like <laughs> bottom line, no, you didn't. You in a way you didn't care because the goal at the start of the season was to get promoted. So if we do end up getting promoted, happy days. But I've I've said all along, uh, like selfishly, I would like my young lad to experience that rather than me just saying, to him, "Oh, Leo, that's United have won the league." Yeah, on a Tuesday after tea time or something—that's just shite. That's not what footballs are about. However, there's bigger things going on, so it's, it would be selfish of me to be thinking negatively that way. Yeah. But uh, even the other season ticket issue, like, are people going to want some money back because they've? That was I mean, per- that, personally, I don't. That was the road I was trying to lead you down. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody will have their own opinion. Yeah, yeah. Personally, no, I don't want any yes. money back. And uh, I've also paid for next season's season ticket because I'm one of these guys that pays it up the year in advance. Uh, and I don't want any money back from that. But like, I'm I'm just in a, a slightly more fortunate position. Some people might need that money back. Yeah. Some people might no need it, but want it back, and yeah. they're probably entitled to it in a way because. Mm. We got sold a season ticket guaranteeing that you will see, I think it's 18 home games. We've not seen that. No. So, I don't know. There's, I would think the majority of fans are probably thinking, look, the club's going to be struggling financially just now anyway. So, it's maybe not the right time to ask for it back. But mm. it's, a, it's a tough time for everybody, not just United. And not if, just United. I know, obviously, I mean, I think some clubs have put out that season tickets for next season will be available and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. if you hadn't already got your spooked, you would have no doubt. So you would just go and order your ticket for next season anyway. Correct. Yeah. 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 But again, that's me. Yeah. No, I, I get that. A lot of people are different. I get that. A lot of people are different. And your other hobby is buying things at the shop. You bought anything in the sale? Uh, no, but is the shop no shop? I don't know. I don't know. It was open and I know they were putting deals up and stuff. So I just wondered mm, if you'd. Jumped no, on the back of a sale. No, I'm, able, I'm actually able to save a wee bit of money up just now. It's been great, because I've not been at any away games. I've not, I've not been hitting the same amount of pairs and whatever. They have programmes uh, to buy the, the young end. programmes. Petrol went right down, because not allowed to drive the car. It's, it's great that way. Yeah, I might finance the next signing for United at this trip. You heard it here first. That is a dude fox fact. <laughs> Right, so what, but basically what we're saying is we're not any further forward after the shit show of a week that it's been. Um, you obviously thought you were, when the vote came out, you were extremely confident it went. I wasn't really sure how it would go. But in the same, on the other hand, I'm not surprised what's happened over this uh, this Easter weekend. Yeah. Which is just absolutely bizarre. Uh, while we record this, by the way, the neutral semi-final was six years ago today. Uh, Ibrox uh, against what the a day. Ranger. What a day indeed. We've spoke about it a few times. Uh, Gordon, your opinion on it? It was uh, not a bad day in the sun, wasn't it? I, I just think for Chief G's celebration before he scores, this, that's just sums it up. <laughs> that's all we needed. And especially when they put it up and we watched that again. But that was six years ago uh, today as we record this. I tell you what, though, it's been a long six years. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a lot's happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like say you, uh, you're saying your, you know, football and journey gone happens then, and you've just mentioned the current season now. I mean, I'm assuming you view the same. The last three or four years were just can horrendous. Was the lowest of the low? Uh, any was it a point in that relegation season? A game you watched and you just thought oh, we are doomed. Yeah, the the Motherwell game. Um, 
Scott McDonald two goals. Was it three? Did it finish three nil? Three nil. Yeah, three nil. Um, because up until that point, it was always within our own hands. And I remember coming up to Paradise that night, full of confidence. And yeah, why? Just... Why were you full of confidence? <laughs> I, do you know, I, I just that was. The, I think that was the season I'd started reporting, Paul. And and every day. There was, there was the odd glimmer of hope that season. Every time we played, there was Paul Payton screaming against Hearts to give us a 2-1 victory. There was the 5-1 demolition of Kilmarnock, with even Sean Dillon scoring. You know, so there was always something to, to, to grasp onto. And I just think that night, it was right, right, we, you know, we do this, we win the last five, we stay up, blah, blah, and we were honking. Yeah. Honking. We, we were terrible that day I've yeah just, I've, we really I've, were I've got it in front of me here um, Steve McMahon has scored a double for Scott McDonald would you like to strap yourself in or read you the team <laughs> just for nightmare purposes why not let's go for it uh, E.G. Kawashima was in the goal <laughs> Gavin Gunning <laughs> What are you laughing at? Oh, God, he was <laughs> At least Gunning stayed on the whole night that night. Yeah, uh, well, that's my, uh, maybe. Sean Dillon, Paul Dixon, Cole Donaldson, Blair Spittle, Guy Damel, Paul Payton, John Rankin, Billy Mackay, and Simon Murray. The subs that night Lewis Vick, Mark Durnan, Kyle Noyle, Scott Fraser, Edward O'Ferry, Riku Risky, oh, and Jesus. Floron Cinema Pongol. Kyle Noyle was all right. What's he doing on the bench? Put the best right back that we had in the team that season. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and um, United connections in the Motherwell team. Uh, Margara Gomez and Scott McDonald started, and Craig Sampson was on the bench. So they, good time. Donald huh? after one of, after one of his goals that night, I'm sure he waved to the crowd because he's an <laughs> absolute shite house. Yes. Did you? Uh, did, well, I've just looked at this by the way on the Arab archive, and I'm calling you out. Uh, they gave the Arab Archive Man of the Match that night to E.G. Kawashima. I can't. I can only what? remember McDonald's goals. But but one of the goals is from about thirty yards. Yeah, out. I'm, I'm crawler. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, boys. We've just told you it. So sorry about that. <laughs> Get out of the Arab Archive. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's someone else. Uh, apart from the derbies, Gordon, what has been the highlight of this season so far? Because the derbies are the easy one to pick. Um, first game of the season, Inverness, the Lawrence Shanklin show, goal number four, Cole Donaldson heading down the tunnel before Shanklin had even put the fourth one in. Just, I, do you know, and it's one of these things, I watched Shanklin when he was at air, um, you know, for a couple of seasons against United, and I thought he was good. The game, he, he, he scored four um, against us at Tanadice. I thought we just didn't... I didn't give him the credit that he probably deserved. And I think... I mean, I'm trying to think of the goals. The first one was the sort of flashing header across the front. The second one, the back post header. And I think you you and I both spoke about it. He was just unplayable, that that game. And I think for me, that that was a a really nice start to the season. And I think it has continued in that frame. Yeah, there's been a couple of bumps along the way, but... Um, yeah, first game of the season was excellent. I got Afi fed up shouting uh, or saying Lauren Shankland had scored on that uh, November night when they pumped us 5 0. I'll be brutally honest. I'm pretty sure I gave up after he put his hat trick in. I'm yeah. pretty sure I gave because we were 2 0 down at half time and it was horrendous. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you, 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 give 
You do have a tendency to do that, though, Mr. Castelli. I'm not going to have a go, but because I do sit with you, I'm trying to think of the most recent game where there was a goal scored again, and you didn't even announce it. And uh, now, credit, credit with credit due, due to kit designers. Sometimes I can't see the numbers. Like the ah, Fernwood exactly. strip, especially, is quite hard to read. Uh, but usually, if somebody stuck a second or third in, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond caring, really. I'm beyond caring, really. <laughs> um, but no, as the professional I am, I do announce as many as I can. <laughs> Within reason, but uh, yeah, I would have to. I think the that was a real, real talking point in the Inverness game. He could have turned up and set up four goals for somebody. His seasonal has still panned out the the way it's been. He's he's just been exceptional. Uh, talking of doing well on the pitch, he's done pretty well off it. It seems as well. Uh, congratulations to Shagger Shankland as well uh, on the uh, upcoming annunciation of the pregnancy between him and his partner. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wish them all the best. Went him with a match bar before Hulk. Uh, yes. <laughs> scored a fourth. Now, we don't know who to credit with that start of working that out. Uh, there's a few names on Twitter, but... Is that, is that a fact, though? I, I just want to be involved in a Dode uh, Fox yeah, fact. We'll look at a Dode uh, Fox fact, but Paul's got a couple uh, of names he could put it towards. Yeah. I don't know. Should we? Nah. I'll mean, just leave it. <laughs> so, yes, apparently if you... Work out the due date and work back. It's the Firhill game. It's when. So there we go. Um, So congratulations to uh, Shagar Shankland and his good lady uh, for that. Uh, One thing that came out this week that a lot of people were amazed about, thanks to our friends at the Arab Archive that uh, Paul's just thrown under the bus, is uh, Jock Steen was an Arab. Mm -hmm. That famous Jock Steen was uh, a player for United for one game. I'm pretty sure Tom Cairns told us this the first time he was on. Uh, wait a minute, there'd been a bigger thing made of that, surely. Nah, I'm pretty Jock sure he Steen. did. I think I listened back, but I'm pretty sure, because I knew that. I knew that he played for us, and the only reason I would know that is by speaking to somebody like Tom Cairns, because I'm not smart enough to know that. Yeah, played there. That is a nice wee fact. He only played one game. One game, 1943. Played in the Mitchell yeah. Trophy first round, second leg, when uh, we beat Wraith Rovers 4-3. Yeah. And I had no idea of that, so I googled it yesterday when you texted me, Ronnie, and came up with a headline of why I turned down the Arabs by Jock Steen. And I was like, did he? I didn't I think he'd ever be into us as being a manager. And there was a story, actually, he was offered a job in Q8, and, that, <laughs> and that's the job he turned down. <laughs> so not the Dundee United Arabs, the actual Arabs. <laughs> I made only one appearance, and I went, of course, to Angelov Celtic and later Scotland. Uh, so that was quite an interesting one this week. I've totally missed that. So if uh, Tom Cairns has worked out technology and can listen to these episodes when I don't give them on a USB stick, then he'll never know that I didn't believe him. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty normal for me. Uh, right, let's do On This Day. Uh, on This Day in association again with our friends at the Arab Archive, unless you're Paul and likes throwing them under the bus. Uh, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. Uh, just games to tell you about five of them. Uh, you will be quizzed on one of them, uh, so just just know it, and I'll make sure I've got the details. Uh, just four hundred people were at Tannadice back in nineteen thirty six. It was the last game of the season. Uh, Rab Hart uh, gave East Stirling a six minute lead. However, it didn't last long. By half time, we were five one up. By full time, we were twelve one up, and it is United's record league victory, which still stands today. A lack of excitement in 1985, despite it being a Scottish Cup semi-final. Uh, it was a match against Aberdeen, took place at Tynecastle. It finished 0-0. Uh, 
and there's nothing else to really <laughs> mention. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, you know what? In in, in general, I, I looked at it. I tried to read more about it, thinking there must be more to this. There wasn't. There was absolutely no more information of it because uh, it was just a pretty rubbish day. But uh, Aberdeen again was our opponents in 1988. This time it was a Scottish Cup semi-final replay. It was played at Dens. And if the first game was somewhat disappointing, the same criticism couldn't be levelled at this game. It was the second attempt to resolve the cup differences. Uh, Charlie Nicholas put the sheep ahead before Mixu Patalainen and equalised. The game went to extra time, but it petered out and it had to go to another replay because that's what they've done in these days because it was mad. Mm-hmm. So it's 1988. Three players started for the Dons on the night that have also worn tangerine. Name them. Jim Bett. Oh, Jim Bett, right. Who else? Stuart, Stuart McKimmy. Uh, yes, that's two. Who's the third? I will tell you a clue. Davy Dodds. Davy Dodds, there you Davey go. Davy Dodds. Yeah. Uh, Davey, the clue was going to be he was on the pitch this season, that was all. So yeah, uh, Stuart McKimmy, Davy Dodds and Jim Bett all started in that game. Uh, back on League G in 1991, Celtic travelled to Tanadice. Freddie van der Hoorn looked to have won the points before Mo Malpass diverted the ball past Alan Main to make it 1-1. Dave Bowman then swung in across from the right. Ray McKinnon met it 12 yards out to head home the winner. Uh, victory left us requiring two or possibly three points from our final five games to be absolutely certain of a 15th consecutive season in Europe. There are two statements I'm going to make in this. That's the first one. 15th consecutive season in Europe in 91, right? How is this for an actual Dode Fox fact courtesy of the Arab Archive? Celtic's undistinguished record at Tanadice continued on this match. After the game, it was seven games since they'd last won a league game at Tanadice. Speechless, look at you. Speechless, the two of you. Yeah, that doesn't happen these days, does it? <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, and Are both even seven games at Tardis without a victory? <laughs> also true. Uh, the teams that night, by the way, uh, United were Alan Main, Morris Malpass, Freddie van der Hoorn, Brian Welsh, Dave Bowman, Jim McAnally, John Clark, Ray McKinnon, John O'Neill, Hamish French, Dan Jackson. Uh, Billy McKinley and Michael O'Neill were on the bench. And for uh, Celtic, by the way, uh, they had Tommy Coyne, Joe Miller and Mark McNally in the team. Also with United Connections in there. But it was a good team. John Collins played, Paul McStay, Peter, uh, Paul Elliott, Peter Grant all played. Pat Bonner on the goal. Uh, he wasn't a chopping end you doing this week, thankfully. No. Um, but yeah, imagine that. Two, two actual out-this-world statements I just said there. And uh, final one, the full house notices were posted in 1996 for one of the most important derbies between United and St. Johnston for years. It was the Saints who came out on top to galvanise the promotion aspirations and cut the gap between United at the top and Saints in third uh, to a mere two points. It was an own goal just before half-time by Stephen Presley and that was enough for uh, Luggy's men to claim the win. Uh, Alan Main, John McQuillan, Kevin McGowan, John O'Neill and Danny Griffin all featured for the Saints that day uh, there wasn't really anything else to report on this day it was Cammy Ballantyne's birthday the day that's that's all so action yeah, I had nothing come or anything uh, for that there's one eh uh, Cammy Ballantyne come at the team 
and then disappeared. Mind that when he come back for loan? Come mm-hmm. in, played all right. Never seen him again. Yep, played against Brechin when we beat him four one. Yeah, just after New Year. Yeah, That's just... and then he was disappeared. <laughs> but is he still? Is it Montrose? Did he got to Montrose think, alone? I don't know if we. I think he's back at Montrose because he went to Dumbarton, I think, for a while and then went. But he's not a player again. It was that kind of at the spell at the end of the season. He wasn't one of them that we got done for playing. No, he wasn't. That was Ali Coote, wasn't it? At the Ali end Coote of the relegation. Jamie Robson. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd been yeah. out on loan and somebody... Well, we didn't... We obviously tried to send in our slip and it didn't get there. That's yeah. what happened that day, right? <laughs> must, must have asked Dundee to email on it, in. It's an honest mistake. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Listen, it's... It's all up in the air still. I think it will be for a... For a while, and uh, regardless of how we uh, we finish it off, we, we 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 should get the chance to to do it, and we we can maybe speak about some of those. On imagine this on this day in a few years, find that time we were getting Dundee couldn't send an email. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just been yeah. Look, you're totally right, Paul, with what you say about you want to see <clears throat> for your son to see a, a you know a league winning team regardless of league, because I imagine for him the only thing is the uh, Iron Brew Cup, Tony Andrew, man the match. That, that. Correct, yeah. Which Correct. is yeah, it's bittersweet, you know what I mean? Mm. Somebody said on on, uh, on social media this week about, you know, people celebrated that. I kind of celebrated because it was a break of some of the shite that we'd been watching and because Tony Andrew was playing. But any image of a man celebrating man the match with a bottle of Iron Brew, it's just... <laughs> It's just class, ridiculous, you know what I mean? But class. yeah, let's we just need to to, to get back. Uh, it'll be an interesting week, you would think, this week in the news. It should be, yeah, it should be league wise. Uh, I'll just have to wait and see what comes out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... you'll need to text me, Ronnie, because I'm the one social media remember. <laughs> I like, I like that. I take you just thought I'm having a bit of a break with everything that was going on in the world. Yep. I just whether it be football, whether it be COVID, there was just, everything was just piling up, and, and there was so much just hatred for everybody. Mm. You know, everybody had to be at fault for something. You know, we're in a situation that that's I, I've certainly never experienced. I don't think we'll ever experience again. Um, and as a result of that, people people will make mistakes, but to pillory everybody that makes mistakes. I mean, you know, John Nels maybe just didn't press send. He thought he did. You know, that's. Not the guy's fault. Yeah, Desperate <laughs> for the tangerine pound. Benefit of the doubt there. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, before we finish off then, um, uh, we were talking about players and games that you've uh, you've seen. Uh, what are your memories of the, the good days, the cup finals and that, Gordon? Best days in the sun, aren't they? Um... So, we'll go back to the very, very beginning. It was 79, obviously, United won um, their first cup, League Cup, um, at Dens. Um, and I was in the main stand at Dens that night. And again, under the... I, there's something about... I, I, Yes, I love my days in the sun, I, but I do like a game under the floodlights. There's just something about it. Um, so, cup final then, that was great. I was at Dens in 83. Um and if the boy, that's the Dundee fan who gobbled on me as I walked up Clippington Road as a 15-year-old boy, um, yeah, get it up, yeah, because um, we won the league and you're going to stay down, we're going up. Um, 
I missed 94. I wasn't there. I was working in 94. Um, 2010 um, against Ross County. Yeah, fabulous day out. And you've got other... I, I really... I, I, I don't know if I'm going to say this the right thing. The 2008 League Cup final, the defeat against Rangers, I thought it was, it was a really good day out. I just, I don't know if it was the group of boys that I was with, the atmosphere. We looked like we were winning it two or three times and we never won it. That, that was still a good day out. So it's not all dependent on the result. I, I think that's the one thing is don't tie yourself <laughs> all into that result. There's other things to enjoy, Paul. But I think, yeah, if I was to pick a game, the, the, the beautiful sunny day in May, um, 3-0 United against Ross County. Um, fantastic day out. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the charity games you played. You played in one, didn't you? Uh, I played in five, I think, in yeah. total. Any, any highlights? Um, any any stories you could tell us? Scored in all five. Yeah. Highlights. Um, uh, what type of players were playing in some of the games? Who have been playing? So, so I tell you, one of the, the, the most competitive was Ray McKinnon. Um, at times, you know, throughout all of the games that we played, he was there, there was probably a few boys who were there all the time. So, um, obviously, Dave Bowman was there all the time. Um, Raymond was there. Dave Hanna was was an always show. But then there was other guys who would float in and out. Craig Booster. So I've played up front with Craig Booster. I've played with, with Darren Jackson. Um, and it, it just it was it was really quite surreal, especially towards the sort of third or fourth, because the boys you were then walking in and they're going, "All right, H, how's it going?" So it, it it was really quite surreal. Whereas the first time I was walked into the teaching of Tardis and you're standing there and there's you know Craig Brewster standing with his knob out and everything like that. It, it's <laughs> it's it's really quite surreal. Um, he's knob. <laughs> That's a dog fox fuck. Uh, and <laughs> um, you know, but but to, to be in uh, these guys who you you cheered on the pitch, and it was it, so it was quite funny the first couple of times sort of being in there. But after a while, um, you know, you would jump in the minibus and we went there to play a game down in Falkland. That was even weirder because we got piped onto the pitch, and then Henry McLeish was in. He lives in Falkland, so Henry McLeish was then introduced to us all. And there was it was a bizarre moment when a child came up and asked me from autograph, and I'm going, I'm not a player. But I signed it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it was it was a real that, that 2010 um, period because the the first game was the week before we won the cup final. So that and then there was a, another game in the summer after that. So it, it was it was really as a United fan, it was amazing to be able to meet and play alongside playing on Tannadice. You know, there's there's very few people get to do that, um, especially with my footballing ability. Um, you know, there's other guys who maybe do it sort of on, on the basis of they get to a cup final it's played at a, a bigger ground. But um, on that basis, um, absolutely enjoyed it. Loved yeah. it. How competitive is it? Um, I'm assuming Dave Bowman keeps it competitive. Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a couple of times he put in some, some ferocious challenges um, to which his response was, that's what the boys are paying for. <laughs> 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 um, but I just I think quality guys Scott Patterson I played at the back with Scott Patterson and he was he was he almost did a Malpas um, in Presley situation so I was running around like a headless chicken he says where the fuck are you going stop <laughs> stand do this and it's like okay this game's actually quite easy when somebody knows what they're doing so uh, yeah I had really good really good times yeah no, yeah, nice it's, one. it's good to hear wee things like that uh, well, gentlemen, I think uh, just like uh, the vote, we've got nowhere today, but we've managed to get through this, so that's been fine. Uh, it's all been good. 
Uh, episode 42 is done and dusted. Gordon Aitchin, thank you very much for being involved. Cheers, in Gordon. This You're very welcome. Rabble. Uh, we will be back uh, next week with episode 43. As always, if you've got anything you want to say or share or mention about the episode, anything that's been brought up, do let us know. Give us some issues on our social media. We are at Podcast. Yeah, yeah.